It's Friday, April 22nd, 2022, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. I'm Adam B. Levine here again with Adrian Bluss for your Daily News Roundup. On today's show, we're talking Bitcoin, yet another round of unclear rules from the SEC, the latest headlines, and more. And just a reminder that Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Bitcoin traded down this morning as weakness in the Chinese currency threatened to add risk-off sentiment in global financial markets. The top token by market value dropped, but held ground above the round number of $40,000 per BTC on Thursday afternoon and evening. That followed hawkish comments from Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, which also sent stocks lower. We'll tell you more about that a little bit later. The Chinese currency fell to 6.5 yuan per US dollar. That's the lowest level since July of 2021, and is on the way to end the week with a 2.5% loss when measured against the global reserve currency. And that would be the biggest single-week decline since August of 2015, according to Data Source Trading View. Quote, check out the Chinese yuan in recent days, weakening quickly, locked down, slower GDP growth, and the currency of its nearest competitor, Japan, collapsing. A fast weakening yuan is a risk-off signal, the founder and head of research at True Insights tweeted. This is relevant because Bitcoin's strengthening correlation to stocks makes it vulnerable to a yuan-induced shakeoff on Wall Street. If we zip back in time just a little bit, before 2020, Bitcoin had put in a positive performance during bouts of yuan weakness. So one theory is Chinese investors diversified into Bitcoin to hedge against fiat currency volatility. However, they may be having a tough time doing so today, given China has at least a partially effective ban on Bitcoin in effect. Changing gears a bit, it's looking like retail interest in the top cryptocurrency is dwindling. Data from Google Trends shows the search value for the worldwide search for Bitcoin has dropped to a value of 17. That's the lowest since mid-2020, having peaked above 70 a year ago. Google Trends is a widely used tool to gauge general or retail interest in trending topics. A value of 100 represents peak retail interest, often observed at market tops. The latest low readings suggest the general population has lost interest and are no longer scanning the web for information about the top token. And that's understandable given the five-month bearish trend. Some analysts tell us interestingly though that it's not a bad sign. This theory goes that retail froth has subsided, leaving the market in a much healthier state. Bitcoin's price surged to as much as $69,000 last year, and a range above $40,000 this year has failed to attract continual interest from retail crowds, search data from Google Trends would suggest. But the world's a big place, and this isn't evenly spread. The data suggests that most searches for Bitcoin originate from Nigeria, followed by El Salvador and Austria. Which means that Nigerians search for Bitcoin more than they search for other keywords, but this wasn't necessarily more than the overall searches from, say, the US. But despite the apparent waning interest in Bitcoin, data suggests retail crowds are gravitating towards newer sectors and markets within the crypto space, such as tokens of decentralized finance or DeFi, or newer layer one blockchains like Solana and Avalanche. Quote, Bitcoin has risen in price several times, with its investment threshold becoming higher for new users, explained the CEO of KuCoin in a Telegram message. Continuing, But many new cryptocurrencies known as altcoins have appeared since, which according to users can be more attractive as investments. End quote. Meanwhile, some like the president of crypto exchange Matrix argue that search data does not represent interest from institutional investors. Quote, Google Trends does not represent institutional and professional interest, and I believe that current prices reflect those groups' interest in entering the market more than pure retail, they said in an email to Coindesk. Continuing, with Bitcoin maturing, we will see a less retail impact, with exception of times of peak bull cycles and more influence from institutional demand. End quote. Firms like business analytics maker MicroStrategy and electric car maker Tesla 
have purchased billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin in the past two years. And as we've mentioned before, that's a new development, unlike previous cycles in 2018 and before. Today's crypto coverage comes courtesy of Coindesk's markets analysts, Parikshit Mishra, Shuri Amalwa, and Omkar Godbole. Bitcoin is currently trading at $40,169. That's down almost 6% in the last 24 hours, while Ether is trading at $2,987 per ETH. That's down almost 5.5% in the same time period, according to the Coindesk Price Index. In traditional markets, U.S. stock futures traded flat to down and a sell-off in government debt stabilized after the latest signaling that the U.S. central bank will stay the course for now, tightening monetary policy in ways that the markets consider aggressive after the latest multi-year round of the Fed-encouraged everything bubble spilled out into visible generalized inflation, for which they've recently taken a lot of heat. The Federal Reserve seems to think that price inflation in equities, houses, or commodities is a desirable thing. It makes people who own those things feel good through what economists call the wealth effect. But with headline inflation clocking new records each month and no tool for the central bank to turn to in whatever crisis surely will come next, markets continue to take a beating every time comments or new meeting minutes from the smartest folks in the room are made public. Meanwhile, futures for the S&P 500 ticked down two-tenths of 1% Friday, while those for the tech-heavy Nasdaq 100 were flat. Contracts for the Dow Jones Industrial Average were also down three-tenths of 1%. This follows a day of losses for all major U.S. indexes. Overseas, the pan-continental stocks Europe 600 fell 1.4%, dragged down primarily by tech companies. Continuing to the east, Hong Kong's Hang Seng lost two-tenths of 1%, Japan's Nikkei 225 fell 1.6%, and the Shanghai Composite did a little bit better than most, rising by two-tenths of 1%. Today's traditional markets coverage draws from the Wall Street Journal. Stay tuned. After the break, we'll be back with a few quick headlines we're tracking today with links to the full articles in the show notes for this episode as always. Then after the headlines, we'll take a look at what the SEC's definition of exchanges could mean for crypto, even if they don't mention the word crypto in all of the 600 plus pages. We'll be right back. Kava gives you the ability to earn more by connecting the world's largest cryptocurrencies, ecosystems, and financial applications on DeFi's most trusted, scalable, and secure earning platform. Kava is an institutional-grade cross-chain engine built to scale on the largest decentralized proof-of-stake network. With loan APYs as low as 0% and reward APYs as high as 200%, Kava is the safest place for you to grow your digital portfolio. Mint stablecoins. Lend, borrow, earn, and swap safely across the world's biggest crypto assets with Kava. To learn more, visit kava.io slash marketsdaily. BCB Group is the leading global provider of business accounts and trading services for the digital asset economy. With a dedicated focus on institutional payment services, BCB Group provides business banking, cryptocurrency, and foreign exchange market liquidity for crypto-engaged financial institutions. BCB business accounts offer multi-currency transaction banking solutions. With Blink Instant Settlements Network, you can move money instantly 24-7 with no transaction fees. Visit bcbgroup.com slash coindesk to find out more about how BCB is empowering the global financial revolution. With the tax deadline right around the corner, now is the time to get your crypto reporting sorted with Coinly. Coinly connects to over 600 wallets, blockchains, and exchanges and automatically analyzes your transactions to calculate your taxable income in U.S. dollars. Coinly also produces an accurate calculation of your capital gains and any income you earned from staking, mining, NFTs, or DeFi. Simply download Coinly's IRS tax report and file. Find out more at Coinly.io. That's K-O-I-N-L-Y dot I-O. 
Turning to big picture news and the latest installment of our favorite topic, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell outlined his most aggressive approach to taming inflation to date, potentially endorsing two or more half percentage interest rate increases while describing the labor market as overheated. Quote, I would say that 50 basis points will be on the table for the May meeting, Powell said at an IMF-hosted panel on Thursday in Washington that he shared with the former IMF chief, Christine Lagarde, who is currently the president of the European Central Bank. He said demand for workers is, quote, too hot, you know, it is unsustainably hot, end quote. The Fed chief signaled yet again that he's taking direct aim at strong demand that the central bank wants to cool. It's a strategy that bears considerable risk for U.S. workers and the economy's overall growth prospects in months ahead, as well as for the Fed itself in a year of midterm congressional elections, with inflation a major concern among ordinary Americans. Bloomberg has the details on that one. And relatedly, expectations that a hawkish Federal Reserve will cause an economic slowdown are pushing some investors to increase exposure to long-term treasuries, as policymakers continue signaling they're ready to ramp up their fight against inflation. Betting on upside in treasuries has been a risky proposition this year. Interest rates, which move inversely to treasury prices, have galloped higher in 2022, as the central bank has grown progressively more hawkish, dealing the U.S. government bond market its worst start to the year in history and gouging investors betting the sell-off would abate. Reuters reports on that one, and as a quick aside, this is a rare piece of good news for the U.S. Central Bank, but will it be enough? And will it last? With more than $9 trillion worth of mostly Treasury bills held on its balance sheet, the Fed has said that it will turn from being the largest modern buyer, albeit indirectly, of government debt, to becoming one of the biggest sellers. Ten years ago, countries like China and Russia were large active buyers of U.S. Treasuries. But as geopolitical tensions have grown, they've stopped and in some cases reversed those policies. So if the Fed turns from a big buyer to a big seller, with recent statements suggesting they'll sell as much as $1 trillion worth of U.S. debt holdings this year alone, who exactly is going to take their place? It's an excellent question and one that's on my mind a lot these days, so expect to hear about it more. Turning to international news, Britain's economy is losing steam as households face a tightening cost-of-living squeeze, according to data published on Friday, which showed sliding retail sales and consumer confidence approaching all-time lows. The British pound slid by more than a cent to fall below a buck 29 for the first time since November of 2020, after official data and surveys of consumers and businesses pointed to a sharp growth slowdown, or worse, in the coming months. Official data showed retail sales volume slid by 1.4% in March from just February, a worse reading than any economist forecast in a Reuters poll. And unsurprisingly, Reuters has more details on this one. Meanwhile, Ukraine's central bank has banned the purchase of crypto using the country's local currency, invoking martial law, which has been in effect since the invasion by Russia. Individuals may only purchase crypto using foreign currency and only up to an equivalent of $3,400 per month, the National Bank of Ukraine said on Thursday. The measures are being taken, quote, to prevent unproductive outflow of capital from the country under martial law, end quote which is another way to say that when times get tough, governments seek to protect themselves at all costs, even if that means directly preventing their citizens from protecting themselves. Coindesk's Jamie Crowley reports. Shifting to warmer topics, the Bahamas government will allow Bahamians to pay taxes using digital assets, according to a white paper that outlines the nation's digital asset strategy until 2026. The government will also start enabling Bahamians access to digital assets using the Bahamas Sand Dollar, a central bank-issued digital currency that was launched in 2020. Coindesk's Oliver Knight reports on that one. 
Turning to industry news, crypto exchange Binance has recovered $5.8 million worth of stolen funds originating from last month's $625 million Axie Infinity exploit. The funds were distributed across some 86 accounts, Binance founder CZ recently said. Coindesk Shuriamawa has that one. And despite the recent hack, it doesn't seem to have scared people away from play-to-earn games generally. Blockchain gaming usage exploded 2,000% in just a year, according to DAP Radar. Usage and investment across the blockchain gaming sector increased in the first quarter to make up 52% of all blockchain activity. That's driven by a rise in popularity of play-to-earn non-fungible token or NFT games on Ethereum sidechains, with platforms like Crazy Defense Heroes, Pegasi, Arc8, and Avagachi spurring a 219% increase in Polygon sidechains gaming activity since just the start of 2022. Coindesk's Oliver Knight has more on that one. And finally, U.S. Representative Jared Huffman, a Democrat from California who leads a subcommittee within the House of Representatives Natural Resource Committee, has recruited almost two dozen Democratic colleagues to urge federal environmental officials to devote further scrutiny to the consequences of cryptocurrency mining. Representative Huffman and other congressional Democrats wrote the Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA chief, on the potential harm to the climate and environment. Quote, a single Bitcoin transaction could power the average U.S. household for a month, the lawmaker's letter noted. Continuing, according to estimates by researchers, Bitcoin produces annually carbon emissions comparable to Greece. End quote. Coindesk's Jesse Hamilton reports. And in lighter news, here's Adrian Blust. Thank you, Adam. What's good, everybody? There is a Solana-based climate change project employing NF trees to save rainforests. As little as $300, that's the cost of buying one hectare of virgin rainforest in Paraguay, thereby protecting it from being cut down, bulldozed, and turned into cattle ranch. Raising cryptocurrency donations to purchase forests from landowners, enlarging national parks, and preventing deforestation is the goal of Gain Forest. The project combines blockchain-based smart contracts with satellite imagery, drone photography and data science, and has steadily grown since winning the United Nations COP23 Hack for Climate contest in 2017. Most recently, Gain Forest began working with the Environmental Ministry of Paraguay to protect thousands of hectares of forest in Paraguay's Gran Chaco Americano, one of the most vulnerable areas to climate change and one of the planet's main carbon sinks. Dow and his partners, whose backgrounds are in artificial intelligence, are using the Solana blockchain for its low-carbon footprint to lock up crypto donations that are tied to highly accurate satellite and drone data charting areas of the forest. And then decentralized data storage is done via the Filecoin Green project. Those who donate receive data drops, wildlife camera pictures, and can be connected to the indigenous tribes, all in the form of non-fungible tokens, or NFTs dubbed NFTs. Coindesk's Ian Allison reports. Thanks very much for that, Adrian. Today's featured story is an opinion piece from Bill Hughes, Senior Counsel and Director of Global Regulatory Matters at Consensus. Today's piece is entitled, A New SEC Definition for Exchanges Has Big Implications for Crypto. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, issued a proposal to, among other things, require Communication Protocol Systems, or CPS, to register with the agency and thereafter satisfy its many record-keeping, transaction monitoring, and reporting obligations. These CPSs, remember that means Communication Protocol Systems, would be defined as systems or platforms that make available the means for buyers and sellers of securities to interact. Concern is swept across crypto that this broad and novel regulatory approach would bring crypto and decentralized finance, or DeFi in particular, into the SEC's regulatory perimeter. 
In that world, we could see a steady drumbeat of enforcement actions that would dramatically redefine the risk profile of running a US-based crypto project. There are, of course, two threshold issues. First, which tokens, if any, are actually securities? On that long-standing issue, this proposal is silent. Second, did the SEC even intend to rope crypto into this proposed regulatory regime? Nothing in the 654-page rule mentions crypto, DeFi, or blockchain protocols generally, and so there is room for doubt. The SEC could resolve all our concerns by simply and expressly disclaiming that crypto is implicated. One hopes they choose that path. Under SEC Chairman Gary Gensler's leadership, the agency has signaled its intention to take on greater oversight of crypto. The key question has been how? Legislative, rulemaking, and even enforcement approaches have been options for pulling crypto within the agency's purview. If this proposal signifies the SEC's first efforts at such rulemaking, it presents the industry many bones to pick. Foremost among those concerns is whether this rule exceeds the SEC's authority. The Security and Exchange Commission regulates exchanges, which traditionally has meant platforms where buyers and sellers actually buy and sell, not ancillary services or platforms. This rule expands that perimeter to platforms where buyers and sellers might merely talk about buying and selling. That's a huge change, and arguably one that the SEC doesn't have congressional permission to make. Beyond that, the rule is simply impractical. It requires someone who makes available a communication protocol system to register. What makes available means, though, is a mystery. That problem is compounded in DeFi, or decentralized finance, the crypto subsector that looks to reinvent financial services without middlemen. Decentralized lending, exchange, and information platforms are sometimes built by loose international collectives of coders and maintained by global online communities. Are we really supposed to believe that software developers who contribute to open source projects are to register with the SEC because the platform may facilitate buyers and sellers talking? How would a community register, and who among its members would register? Who's held accountable for record-keeping, monitoring, and reporting when there's no centralized authority? This proposal highlights the inherent problems with imposing a central authority-dependent regulatory scheme on disintermediated systems. Moreover, rules must be issued according to a specific process, and the process in this instance is deficient in a number of respects. First, the SEC needs to give adequate notice and opportunity to comment. Mere weeks to comment on a 654-page proposal that massively expands secondary market securities regulation and may also encompass crypto without ever mentioning crypto is anything but adequate. Second, the SEC's proposal must analyze the costs and benefits of the rule, including from an economic perspective. That analysis is missing, which is not hard to believe given the proposal's breadth and ambiguity. Such analysis would show the costs to the growing U.S. crypto ecosystem are plain. Homegrown DeFi projects would be incentivized to leave the U.S., which would be the same result as if DeFi projects were explicitly banned. U.S. citizens would lose access to platforms that are proving to be more efficient, fair, and accessible than traditional financial services. And the agency would create, perhaps inadvertently, a regulatory moat that shores up the primacy of big financial incumbents. And if these shortcomings weren't enough, this proposal is also at odds with the First Amendment. As written, the proposal would regulate speech based on its contents, which is presumptively unconstitutional. The SEC arguably must have a compelling interest to regulate speech in such a way and must make the regulatory boundaries very bright lines. Neither appears to be the case. And this is a fatal flaw. So too is the procedural failure to wrestle anywhere in the proposal with the implications for free speech. The Securities and Exchange Commission has a very tough job regulating secondary markets and securities. 
the effort to address technological developments, to provide legal clarity, and to bolster market competition by leveling the regulatory landscape should be applauded. But when the effort falls short, the problems must be listed and addressed. Hey folks, just a quick note, you can join me at Coindesk's Consensus 2022, the festival for the decentralized world this June 9th through 12th in Austin, Texas. Consensus is the largest and longest running event showcasing and celebrating all sides of the blockchain and crypto ecosystems, as well as Web3 and the metaverse. And it's designed for crypto newbies, investors, entrepreneurs, developers, and creators. If you want to save some money, you can use code MARKETSDAILY15, that's MARKETSDAILY15 with no spaces, to get 15% off your pass. To get your pass today, visit coindesk.com slash consensus 2022. Thanks for listening.